Let's talk about where we live. I love finding out little secrets, little histories about the neighborhoods that we kind of take for granted. For instance, False Creek. People love it today. It did not always look that way. It's a relatively kind of recent development 30, 40 years ago. So we're going to learn about the history of it now with the help of Aaron Chapman, local author and historian. Good morning, Aaron. It's great to be with you, Simi. Great to have you here. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Aaron and I go way back. We do. Yes, way, way back. We went to high school together. <laughs> <laughs> and I promised him I would not tell stories this morning about I, Aaron Chapman. I, and I won't school. either. I okay. won't either. Well, yeah. that's nothing to tell about me. I was so boring. <laughs> um, but let's, you love history, and I know that about you. You always have. What is it about False Creek that you love? Well, you know, it's interesting to me that um, I sometimes, uh, as writing about local history, I'm constantly brought in on arguments online about that because there's a, there's a sort of prevailing attitude that a lot of people have, especially Vancouverites of a certain vintage, that <laughs> Vancouver used to be better back in the day and, and, <laughs> so and, you know, and whatnot. And I think one thing that we might, we might disagree with some city council decisions over the years about the way the city developed, but the one place I think that we should all feel better about is False Creek. Because in the, in the nature, certainly in my lifetime, it's changed oh, dramatically. completely. You know, yes. if you, and I, I always you know, say, you know, if you tell somebody who's 20 years old, there used to be log booms in Falls Creek and all sorts of docks and they won't believe you, you know, in comparison to what it looks like today. If you show people the pictures of even what all of Falls Creek looked like pre-Expo 86 or exactly. when construction got underway. I don't think, and that wasn't that long ago. It wasn't People that long ago, no, and, 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 we, and we remember that, that what it used to yeah. be like. So, but, and the common sort of no, uh, idea is that, <clears throat> excuse me, every, you know, Falls Creek immediately changed after, after Expo, and Expo changed uh, Falls Creek forever. It's interesting because there's, that's not exactly true. There were s- signs and things happening, uh, you know, earlier than that. It, Falls Creek, of course, used to go all the way up to Clark Drive, and uh, there used to be sort of swampy sort of area from Main Street to Clark Drive, and uh, you know that was eventually filled in for around 1915 in the, in the industrial area. In 1950, Fred Hume, who was eventually became mayor here, ran on a platform of filling in Falls Creek all the way up to basically the Burrard Bridge. He said it would have cost four million dollars, uh, which was a lot of money back then, but probably even not enough money to fill in False Creek. Yeah. Um, if I, I think if real estate agents had a time machine today, they would go back in time and unfill uh, and have a lot more waterfront property available uh, for what uh, <laughs> False Creek is now. But it was really... What changed Falls Creek was happened in July 3rd, 1960. There was a fire on the south side of Falls Creek at a BC lumber plant uh, there. And so south side of Falls Creek. So the, the south side, uh, uh, basically around um, like where Olympic Village is now. A or? little bit further down. A little bit, a little bit further down from there. Um, and that's like where Monk McQueen's used to be. Right, like? right, between, right, right between the two, okay. basically. Um, and that fire was the Vancouver's first five-alarm fire. Basically, every fire hall in the city reported down there. It was a huge uh, a burn. And it's interesting, the embers that were flying were f- sort of starting to fly all over the city and, and threatened to burn other areas of the city down. This has sort of been completely forgotten how bad that fire was. But the attitude was... Because we the, talk about the fire of like 1886. Exactly, yeah. But this was even, this was a re- more recent one, of, of course, but also m- much more dramatic uh, if, if, because the city had already kind of grown up around it. And the idea was after that, that maybe having an industrial zone and right in the heart of the city wasn't the best idea or there might be other things. Now, by by the early 1980s, a lot of the lumber industry and that was moving to other areas of the province or south of the Fraser and whatnot. So the need for what we saw in Falls Creek was getting a bit obsolete. Uh, and that's, of course, 
Expo kicked the ball right through the net at that point. Right. Um, but it's that was twenty years, but, twenty plus years later. Yeah, but that was, so that was it was interesting though that uh, the the how that that happened and some of the dominoes that fell before that 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 changed things. So. Um, I'm always amazed when it comes to Vancouver is like, we really appreciate that waterfront space. And yes. we appreciate the fact that we've done a lot with our waterfront period, but you go to other cities and that's not necessarily the case. That's, you're, yeah, very much so, you know, and Falls Creek's one of the only neighborhoods, you know, there's a little bit in the West End, of course, and whatnot as well, but it's one of the prime neighborhoods where you get a seawall that goes around the whole area yeah. and you have that advantage. So I, you know, when people say, oh, Vancouver used to be better back in the day, I say, no, look at Falls Creek. Yeah. You know, and, and it's an amazing neighborhood, especially what you can do today. You know, there's the dragon boat race, races and the four fire events. And there's all sorts of things going on down there. Just the other day when I was at my place, I went out my balcony and I could hear uh, Coldplay sound checking that day. So you get <laughs> there's all sorts of entertainment and neat things that are happening down there now. Well, there was no BC Place back then that, either. Well, that's true. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, Falls Creek, that's amazing. Tell me more about this fire then. So what happened as a result of that? Well, it, it was, as I say, it was a huge deal at the time. Almost every, there were about 12 firefighters injured. Um, in that fire. And it's interesting to, I've interviewed some, um, uh, retired, uh, Vancouver firefighters and who, not necessarily who were guys that were on the job or, or kind of started after that, but had talked to some of the people that were involved. And it was just such a huge deal at the time. And, and it, and it, uh, it, it I think some of the news reports at the time didn't go into full details. I think the fire department realized how bad, uh, that was, and there's some things in their uh, log books that sort of report about, especially how the, the, the fire could have easily spread uh, through other parts of the city, and, 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 and especially, as I say, those embers that were flying onto I've seen some of that. I just looked up some of the pictures of this, because there are pictures since there it was are, 1960. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was huge. Yes, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's a, a four-block area just west of Oak Street. That's it, yeah. And it was, uh, so so that, that, as I say, had just had a really dramatic difference. Sorry, east of Oak Street, yeah. Yeah, and, and a really dramatic difference. And, and the thinking was then, let's change this, uh, let's change this area, rezone it, uh, specifically to that area. So we started to see some of those uh, South Shore Falls Creek developments coming in the 1970s. And that just I think just changed things forever. And then we, you know, you see the, the condo developments and everything around that spread into Yale Town and elsewhere today. And that was like the construction of Gravel Island, though. That's something we take for granted because people love Gravel Island. Yeah. But I mean, that's a relatively uh, new development, people, recent development. People are shocked that basically, you know, Gravel Island is, is born in about 1971. It feels like it, was, it had always been around, you know, and, and it had been around in a sense that it was an industrial area as well. The concrete plant is still down there, of course. They dress it up with those funny know, faces and whatnot, and it's, and it's become quite artistic uh, in that sense. So what's, but, what is your favorite neighborhood, Aaron? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I, I've lived in just about every neighborhood as I bounced around living in the city. You know, I used to, it felt like I used to move once a year. Um, <laughs> you and, and for, everybody for, else, for, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been in False Creek for the last 10 years, but I've lived just about everywhere. And I like some of the areas outside the city. I love Stevenson. I love uh, you know, White Rock. I love other areas in the city that I've bounced around into and lived in for uh, periods of time as, a, as I've as I'm born and raised here. So I, I've, I've seen the changes, you know, and, and, I, and I, I, I wasn't always interested necessarily in Vancouver history, but around, uh, you know, about 20 years ago, I began to realize, you know, the city was changing before my eyes. And I remembered what certain areas were like, what they smelled like, and what they looked like and whatnot. And I suddenly felt like this, uh, it became a really fascinating subject to me. And I, I've, I've written five books no about kidding. it now in the last 10 years. Yeah, yeah, you do find it fascinating. Now, the other thing about False Creek is that right now it's a hot topic because there's a whole False Creek revitalization plan that is being worked on because a lot of that land, uh, especially the the affordable housing, the co-op housing, it's owned by the
by the federal government, and they're, it's, the leases are coming up on this. So on the on the south side of False Creek, yes. yeah, that's become that's become a, a huge issue. And even on the north side of False Creek, you know, there's at, at the northeast corner, there's that pop up park that's uh, that's there now, and that's not a permanent thing because when, when they talk about it's tied into so many interesting things. With, with of course, there you've seen the development of uh, the new St. Paul's Hospital, and that's going to be huge. It's going to yeah. be huge. It's going to ch- that's going to change that neighborhood. The, the, if the viaducts are still coming down, that's going to change. When is that going to happen? You know, we've, that's been sort of kicked down the road a little bit too. Also, we have not talked about, to me, when I told somebody this recently, I told somebody who's under the age of 30 that the Molson Indy track used to run right through there and their mouth fell open. Yeah. They couldn't believe it. They're and, like, what? And I, and I was down there. And, I covered it. I yeah. covered it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to think that you used to have the world's greatest race car drivers driving around there now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Or driving is. around back then as opposed to now. It is. I mean, so where can people, do you think, find out more about this, obviously, other than buying your books? Aaron. Well, but, I, uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Buy those first, even if they, yeah. Um, but, well, you know, there, any, the, I, I, there's a, the False Creek Residents Association has a Facebook and Twitter and Instagram page. They're, they're always uh, uh, sharing interesting uh, things and getting behind some interesting things in False Creek. Even recently, they, they worked in conjunction with the, um, uh, the Squamish Streamkeepers Association to help more uh, helps sort of cover some of the pilings down in Granville Island where oh. the herring uh, hatch. And because that used to be 10,000 years ago, that used to be a popular herring thing. Herring love it down there for some reason. And they've been mating and, and having their honeymoons down there uh, for the last... <laughs> but it, but it, it died off when the, uh, when the industry came in. So they've found that they, if they covered the pilings, the creosote pilings, with some plastic uh, covers... Like to make it... In the, so it doesn't leach so anymore. So it doesn't leach anymore yeah. and whatnot, and, and the oil doesn't get to them. Uh, they've, had, they've had millions of herring... Uh, now uh, hatching in False Creek. So the area is starting that to come back, back. Yeah, to what it was. And you, there are certain times of the day or year you can go down there and you can see them, you know, swimming around. And that attracts seals and that pro- seals attract some killer whales and stuff like that. And Next orcs. thing you know. it's Yeah, we're living in the, the aquarium and renting our front yard again. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Aaron, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you very much. That is local historian and author Aaron Chapman with our little walk down memory lane talking about the history of False Creek as part of our Where We Live series.